do you pray? You think, well, that's that's silly, Brian. We're Christians. Of course we pray. That's that's kind of our niche. That's what we do, right? We read the Bible and we pray. But I want you to ask your own heart and life tonight, do you pray? Or let me ask you this, this way. Can you remember the last time you prayed? Think about it. Maybe it was a few minutes ago, but even beyond tonight. Maybe it was earlier today. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was last week. Do you pray? Think about the last time that you sought the Lord in prayer. We have a hard time answering that question. I know from my own life, I struggle with it at times. And I think if we're all honest in this room, most of us as Christians really have a hard time with prayer. It's so simple, but, but it's so complicated. We have a hard time praying. Do you know how to pray? You're like, okay, Brian, you're insulting my intelligence now. Of course I know how to pray. I was brought up in church. I did all the song and dance. I sang the songs. I prayed the prayers. I know how to pray. Some of us really don't know how to pray, though. And that's really where it comes down to. And I don't mean to make you upset or to go ahead and get you to write me off right away, but I want you to think about that aspect. We, we lose sight of the fact that we really struggle with this discipline of prayer, this Christian discipline of prayer. I was that person. I was that person that um, it was kind of my niche growing up, middle school and high school, and uh, I was kind of that goody two-shoes like Christian guy that everybody looked to anyways. And so when it came to like praying in front of my small group or praying in front of a group of people, I was like, dude, I'm your guy. I got it. But I, the thing was about it, though, I, I would do a, I would jump at the first opportunity. I would pray in public at any point in time. But behind the scenes at home or by myself, the conversation with God was mute. There's nothing there. I think for a lot of us, that, would, that probably resonates with you. How many of you would be willing to say tonight, right now, look at me, right now, you would be willing to raise your hand and say, that a deep, intimate prayer life is something that you struggle with. I got two hands up, okay? Like, I'm, I'm there, number one. Who in this room tonight would be willing to say that I struggle with a deep, intimate prayer life? So the need is here tonight. For this message to, to go forth, the need is here because the majority of us in this room are raising our hands. We struggle with this aspect of prayer, understanding that prayer is something that really should be a deep, intimate vital part of our Christian life. Prayer is vital. And it honestly, it's kind of the first step in this progressive sanctification that you and I are part of. That's just a fancy word to say the process of our salvation, this thing that we entered into when we became a Christian. Now, some of you may not have made that decision in your life and understand that, but you're going to have to tune with me tonight. But most of us in this room claim to be Christians, and that part of that Christian life is this process of salvation, right? It's not a one-time decision. It's a pattern. It's a process over the course of your entire life, building up from that moment where you accepted Christ. And really, prayer needs to be the first step in your progressive sanctification, the conversation that takes place between you and God, okay? That's what it is. It's a conversation that takes place between you and God. Prayer connects us in a relationship with God. Did you know that? You're like, of course it is. Sounds so simple. 
Prayer connects us in a relationship with God. Did you know back, okay, if you flip back in this Bible, all the way back in the Old Testament, that in order for people to approach the throne of God, it was a big deal. Number one, we had to choose the highest priest of us, the, the best, most holiest dude around, and he had to go in with our request into the Holy of Holies, this place that was off limits to everybody but the high priest. And then they would, they would and before they would enter the Holy of Holies, they would make the sacrifice. So taking an animal or taking uh, and making a sacrifice before the Lord so that there would be a, uh, a pleasing in God's sight. And so in order to do this whole process, which is a really big deal, we couldn't even like take our own self. We had to send somebody in for us. So, uh, you know, whoever the holy, holiest person in this room is, I'm not going to claim to be it, but yeah, you know, Chris, Alec Shire, yeah, that's probably Alec. So we would give all our requests to Alec and he would take him into the Holy of Holies after he makes an animal sacrifice. But here's the thing, there, there happened to be this guy named Jesus, most of you guys have heard of him, and he came and he died on a cross. His one purpose in life was to come and to die on a cross for our sins and to be buried and raised again, defeating death and sin. So that in turn, he was the sacrifice that was provided so that you and I can now have this connection with God. We don't have to go into giving our request to somebody else. We don't have to go in the Holy of Holies. We can approach the throne of God anytime, anywhere, whatever time of day, doesn't matter when you wake up, before you go to bed, whatever, you can approach the God of the universe, the Holy King before the throne. Did you know that? Prayer is what connects you to God. It's the thing that builds a relationship between you and him. It's a really hard thing. You with me? You with me? It's a really hard thing in life to connect with somebody if you don't talk to them, right? It's really hard to build a relationship with somebody if you don't talk to them. For my wife and I, if we had never spoken and if we never did speak, it'd be really, really hard and it would be probably pretty stinking awful to be in a relationship with her, right? There probably wouldn't even be one. And that's the thing. We have this thing, Jen and I do, where... Like, I just kind of, like, we're pretty good at reading each other, so I just kind of, like, give her the look and then just expect her to know what I want, you know, like, woman, make me a sandwich, you know, like that kind of, I'm just kidding. Uh, she's not here, so I can say that. So, but, you know, you just have this look where she, you know, I, I know that she knows what I'm thinking in that moment, right? But we have this thing between us uh, where we'll just say, uh, and to quote John Mayer, we'll just say, say what you need to say, say what you need to say. So that there's not any lacks in communication. There needs to be an established relationship, an established conversation between you and God in order for a relationship to be there. In order for you to have a relationship with the one true living God to claim this Christian life as you like to claim oftentimes, you have to have a personal connection with him. And prayer does that. It connects us with God on a daily basis. It allows us to interact with the king of kings. It allows us to approach him whenever we want. Prayer is that aspect. It's vital. God wants us to be in conversation with him. To be able to have an actual relationship with him, we have to pray. So how do we do this? Why don't you take your Bible and turn to Matthew 6. If you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 6. If you don't, it'll be up on the screens in a second. There's so many different scriptures that Jesus talks about 
praying or prayer, or God uses somebody else in scripture to talk about prayer. But tonight I wanted to go straight to Jesus. And I wanted to go to Matthew 6, and he talks about really a model for prayer. And I want you to track with me tonight. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. We're going to dissect this scripture as we walk through it. Matthew 6, verse 5. Let me, let me just go to the Lord right now and just ask him to help us to understand this scripture. Jesus, we want to come before your throne Almighty One, and ask you, Jesus, to help us in this moment to understand what the Scripture says. God, help us. Give us wisdom. Help us to connect with you, God. Help us to become students, men and women of prayer. God, not ones that just kind of float through this life, but God, that we connect with the one true living God. God, help us right now as we read. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 6, 5 says this. And when you pray, Jesus is talking about prayer, and this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. If you're unfamiliar with it, check out Matthew 5 and start reading. But Jesus is saying in this moment, he says, and when you pray, stop. Notice the word. It doesn't say if, and if you pray, it says what? When. Say it again. When. It says when you pray. It doesn't say if. It says when you pray. Comma, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they might be seen by others. All too often, and I said this earlier, the only times we pray is when we're in front of a group of people. Like, we pray in front of our small group, right, on Sunday morning, or we'll, you know, if somebody F FCA maybe asks us to pray, we, you know, we'll do it, but all too often, that's kind of the only time that we really approach the throne. And Jesus is kind of giving a warning here. And he says, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. That's a warning. To not just be somebody who prays in public in front of other people, but that you would pray and seek the Lord on a daily basis yourself. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 6 says this, but, there's that word again, but what? But when, not if, but when you pray, go into your room and what? Shut the door. Shutting the door. I love the way God words things sometimes in Scripture, but shutting the door is the equivalent of allowing us to, it frees us up. When we shut the door, it allows us to focus exclusively on him. Just us and God. It's not our friends or our small group or our entire youth group, whatever. It allows us to focus on exclusively our relationship with him. So shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you. God wants us when those moments, those quiet moments that you get, maybe it's right when you wake up, maybe it's right before you go to bed, maybe it's on your lunchtime, maybe it's, you know, sometime in the afternoon, whatever, like those quiet moments that you get to be alone. God wants you to talk to him. He wants you to connect with him. 
God desires to hear from you. And guess what? He will respond. It says, the Father who sees you in secret will reward you. He will respond to you. Jeremiah 29, 12, one of my favorite scriptures that comes after the one that's really the most famous or one of the most famous scriptures in scripture uh, is Jeremiah 29, 11. But Jeremiah 29, 12 says, At, uh, seek, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And I think that's so true in our lives. If we will just seek God, we're going to find him. But we have to be intentional about seeking him. Matthew 6, 7 says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. And again, it says, and when you pray, not if. Empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Don't just pray randomly and politically. We do this all too often when we, and I'm guilty of it, so don't think I'm talking directly to you. I'm talking to myself. But all too often we think we just pray randomly or we pray politically. And I say that in a way that we just kind of say the right words or the right answers to, to really look good and look spiritual in front of a crowd. You know what I'm talking about? And when we pray, it needs to be intentional, not random. And it needs to be humble, not political. As if using these big church words is going to help us pray. God knows you. You know that? God knows you. He knows the words before you even say them. He knows what's on your heart before it even comes to fruition. God knows you. And scripture says here, it says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows you and what you need before you even ask him. Verse 9 says this, Pray then like this. Jesus' model for prayer. You ready? If you ever wanted to know what Jesus said when he was teaching about prayer, this is it. He's saying, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we for also forgive, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that there's a part of that. This is the Lord's Prayer, if you haven't heard it before. The Lord's Prayer, and there's a, there's a kind of a tagline at the end, and it was added later, and so that's why it's not in a lot of versions of Scripture. But it says, And, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom forever. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And I want to kind of outline this for you. Verse 9 says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, God as our Father, right? It's an admiration of him. It's the fact that he is worthy. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are worthy, God. You are the God of the universe. You're the one who says, look right here. I'm right here. Yeah. Hallowed be thy name. I am worthy to be praised. Verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom come, will done, acknowledging God. This is a fact where we get a chance to acknowledge God, that he is supreme. That is God's kingdom that is greater than any and, other, any and every other. 
that it's his will that's supreme to our will, that he is the one that is worthy to be praised. Verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. That's our needs, both, both physical and spiritual. God takes care of you, does he not? There's other parts of scripture that says that I take care of even the birds and how much more important are you? God knows you, he loves you, and he takes care of you both physically and spiritually. He knows what you need. Verse 12 says, and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's a part where we get a chance to come with forgiveness and repentance and confess our sins before God. The things that we do wrong against God on a daily basis, and everybody in this room here can attest to this, even myself, is we sin against God. It's part of our nature. We rebel against God. It's part of our nature. And we get a chance daily to come to him and repent of our sins, not to give us a license to continue to sin because God will forgive us, but we need to make confession and repentance part of a daily practice that we're acknowledging, God, you have paid the price for our sins. And God, I don't want to struggle. I don't want to sin anymore. I want to be greater. I want you to be greater in my life. And God will give us that opportunity. Verse 13 says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's our protection. It's our help from the evil one. There's a spiritual battle going on. You've heard me talk about this before. There's a spiritual battle going on in our lives, both spiritually and sometimes physically, as John was telling me before the service about his wife's family that's in Sri Lanka and that the churches are being attacked there every day. And God is here to protect us. He's here to help provide and help us from the evil one. And spiritually, when you wake up, you need to pray and ask God, God, help me today. God, I'm acknowledging that there's evil in this world. I'm acknowledging that there's an evil one that wants to wage war against my soul, and I need your help. God will help you. He's your protection. He's the one that gives you freedom in those moments. God is going to take care of you. He'll deliver you. I love that. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus teaches us how to pray because he knows that through prayer we will seek him. He wants us to put importance on prayer because that means we are going to have to be reliant on him. We are going to have to seek him, and that's why we pray. In a minute, I'm going to list several reasons, but that's one, and one of the most important, I think. When we pray, we are intentionally asking, praising, and seeking the Holy One. And is that not enough? Prayer is what changes our hearts from selfishly seeking our own kingdoms to purposely seeking His. Prayer is what changes our hearts from selfishly seeking our own kingdoms to purposely seeking His. Prayer becomes the means by which the purposes of God are accomplished. Prayer changes things. I don't know if you know this or not, but when you pray, God answers. And I don't want you to be so far gone and my Calvinist friends will uh, probably uh, reprimand me after this for this, but I don't want you to be so far gone as to think that if you don't pray, that those things may not happen. God wants to see you and your faith come alive in prayer. He wants you to seek him with all intention and purpose to say that, God, you can and you will do this, and I believe it. 
God wants us to come boldly and expectantly to the throne and pray that, God, you can and you will heal this person. Or, God, you can and you will save this situation. We need to come expectantly and boldly because we need to expect that God will answer our prayers. And just because it may not look the way that we want it to in the end doesn't mean he hasn't answered. God will answer. I want to give you seven reasons why you should pray. I've talked to you through God's word and what Jesus said about how to pray, but I want to give you seven reasons why you should pray. And if you have, if you're taking notes, you need to write these down because this is going to help you. It's helped me. Seven reasons why you should pray. Number one, prayer shows our dependence on God. When we're seeking him, we're acknowledging that we are inferior and that he is superior. We're acknowledging that we are small and he is big. We're acknowledging that we cannot do this on our own and that we know he can. Prayer shows our dependence on God. Reason number two, prayer gets us into fellowship with God. It's that connection. It's that relationship I was talking about. Prayer connects us to the one true living God. Prayer gets us in fellowship with God, that we can have community with God, that he has made a way for us to be in relationship with him again. And that is good news, friends. Prayer connects us to God. Number three, prayer allows us to be involved in something bigger than ourselves. I was talking to one of our fellow pastors earlier today, Barry Williams, and I was telling him about how prayer helps us to become involved in things bigger than ourselves. And one of the reasons I was talking about that is because I was praying for you all intentionally. I cannot expect that I can change your heart on my own, right? I can try to make you do something, but ultimately you're going to do what you want to do. So when I intercede for you, when I pray for you on your behalf, when I go to the Father and say, God, help them to understand this. God, help them to wake up to the reality of who you are. God, help them. When I pray to God for you on your behalf, I'm acknowledging that God is bigger and that I am praying and that he is bigger and that I can pray that for us, he allows us to be involved in something bigger than ourselves. Sorry. That God will allow me to pray because he is involved in something bigger than I can ever dream of or imagine. And it acknowledges that he is superior. Some of you are kind of simple consumers in this whole thing, and I'm praying hard that God would change your heart. Reason number four, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. It's a game changer, as a catchphrase says. Prayer changes things. It changes people's hearts. It changes people's lives. Reason number five, prayer is a means of confession. Number six, prayer is a means to fighting sin. God expects us to confess through prayer. We can fight off temptation. And number seven, prayer is a spirit-driven activity. Prayer ignites us with the Holy One. And as the Trinity goes, we have God the Father, God the Son who came and died, and God the Holy Spirit that lives inside of our lives. And prayer connects us to that Holy One that Holy Spirit inside of us and allows us the opportunity to live as Christ. 
seven reasons why to pray. So practically, how do you do it? For me, it's simple. Prayer happens best for me at night. I'll just acknowledge it. I am not a morning person, okay? I don't know if you thought that about me. I can wake up early, that's fine, but it doesn't mean I like to, okay? I like to stay up late. I like That's when I do my best studying. That's when I do my best having fun time, like late at night. And so prayer is best for me at night, and it happens best for me at night, so I can seek the Lord at night and know that that's the best time for me. Some of you are different. Some of you are morning people. You can wake up. You can seek the Lord in the morning before you get ready and start your day, and that's awesome, and you should take advantage of it. Everyone's different. You need to find a time. Maybe it's at your lunch table. Maybe it's in a quiet afternoon spot, whatever it is. Like, find a time that happens best for you. Find a time where you can seek the Lord in prayer. For me, I have to write it down, okay? I keep a journal, and I like to write down prayers. I like to write down things that I want to ask God for. I want to write down things that I want to pray about. And for some of you, that's you. Some of you, that's you. You need to write it down. You're like me. Otherwise, I'm sitting here praying randomly, and and I don't know what's going on. Some of you, you know, if you start writing stuff down, you start drawing pictures of stuff too. So maybe that's not you. Everybody's different, right? But you got to find your niche. You got to find the way prayer happens best for you. Pray with your family. How cool would it be if you, as the student or child or young person in your family, went up to your parents and just said, hey, can we pray together? Hey, can I pray with you? Hey, can I pray over you? How how can God change your family's life if you are intentionally seeking him through prayer? Pray with your family, man. That's, That's one of the greatest and closest people that you have here on this earth. And if you don't have a family that knows and loves God, you have a great community of people around you. Maybe it's friends of yours. Find a place where you can have solidarity in prayer, but you can also have community in prayer and that you can share with other people and you can pray together and you can ask God to intercede for one another and you can pray over each other. And most of you have that in your life. If you don't, come come to me. We'll pray together. Seek the Lord in prayer. Prayer is important. I hope, if nothing else, you understand tonight that prayer can be a game changer. And it's expected of you. As the scripture said, it's not if you pray, but when you pray. God expects you to pray, and he expects you to seek him with all of your life. And prayer is one aspect of that, but it's really, honestly, one of the most important. So my challenge to you tonight as we close, and I want to invite the guys to come back up to play I want you to take a moment right now. Some of you guys have had a hard time even paying attention through this thing. You've been talking with other people. But forget all that. Focus right now. I want you to to get where you can to pray. I want you to, to, whether it's kneeling in your chair, whether it's coming to the altar to kneel, whether it's, you know, sitting in your chair like you are, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, I want you to assume a posture of prayer for you And I want you to see God and ask him to help you learn to pray. I want you to see God and ask him to help you to pray. As most of us in this room acknowledge, we want a deeper, passionate prayer life. So here's your chance. 
Go before the Father. All it is is talking with him. You don't have to be a professional at this. You don't have to be called pastor or reverend to know how to pray. You just talk with God. Tell him what you're thinking. Tell him what you're feeling. He already knows you. Why not share with him? Take a moment right now. Seek the Lord in prayer. Ask him to help you to be a prayer warrior for him. God, I just thank you right now in this moment for these students in this room. And God, I struggle. I'll just be honest, God. I struggle all too often knowing how to pray. And God, I need your help on a daily basis because, Lord, I cannot do this thing on my own. I need your help. For some of us in this room, we've never made a decision for Christ, and, Lord, that's where it starts. And I'm, my prayer has been that somebody, you prick the heart of somebody in this room tonight, and they want to make that first-time confession to claim you as Lord. But, God, for most of, the, most of us in this room, we struggle with just getting the, the easy, the probably not easy, but just struggle with just getting the main disciplines of the Christian life down. And God, prayer is not just a thing, but it's one of the things that we need to be all about. And God, I want to pray right now that you would you would turn this room, this building into a house of prayer. That God, you would turn our hearts, God, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God, that you would turn our bodies into houses of prayer. That God, we would seek you on a daily basis. We would know and understand God, your heartbeat and things because we are such so in step with you. We're talking with you all the time. God, whether we're driving in the car, whether we're riding in the car, whether we're in the hallways, whether we're in the classroom, whether we're on the football field, whether we're in our bedroom at night, God, you are there and you're waiting to hear from us. Lord, help us to know how to pray. Help us to surrender to you prayer. God, we love you. I want you to take a few moments. Seek the Lord for yourself. Ask him to reveal himself to you as they play.